I'm pleased to present today's episode of The Ramp Podcast with Leslie Stanley. Leslie is the Director of Emerging Markets at Encino. After leading a very successful career in banking, Leslie moved over to SAS, where she continues to lead big teams. She shared exceptional pieces of information about some of the early challenges she had in her career, how she navigated through them, and how now she prioritizes making time for herself so she can be exceptional and a superstar in the workplace. I know you will love learning from Leslie's guidance on today's episode of The Ramp Podcast. Let's jump in. You're listening to The Ramped Podcast, a podcast connecting industry heavyweights with the next generation of talented professionals. We're on a mission to build transparency into the practical realities of your early career by exploring how the world's best did it themselves. Our guidance will help you discover and launch a successful career in sales, technology, finance, and many other industries. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Rep Podcast. Today, I am joined with a spectacular guest. It is Leslie Stanley. Leslie, how are you? I'm doing great. Danny, how are you? I'm doing well as well. It's really nice to have you here. Before we jump into those five questions that we ask all our guests on the Ramp Podcast, the audience definitely wants to know, who is Leslie Stanley? Well, thanks. Sometimes I feel like that could be the hardest question to sum yourself up in, in just a few words. But but I'll start by kind of my, my familiar roles. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm the oldest of three kids. I am very close to both my parents. Fortunately, we did lose my dad last year, but still kind of celebrating him and feeling him in our lives. But him and I used to be big buds going to Dallas Mavericks games almost every week. So I'm also a Mavericks fan. I'll put that out there as well. I live in Dallas, Texas with my rescue pup Homer and have a pretty expansive friend network that I love hanging out with, going, trying new restaurants, doing fun charity events. I'm also on the board for a children's cancer fund. It's a great foundation here in Dallas where we help kids forget they're sick for just one evening and they get a night of a fashion show with celebrity escorts. And it's just a great time and, and near and dear to my heart. Love to travel, travel, scuba diver and a big reader as well. So, um, Happy to be here and and be sitting down with you today, Danny. Yeah, for sure. We're super excited to have you on the show. I do want to mention first and foremost, so sorry about the loss of your dad. It could not have been easy and, and I really appreciate you sharing. And we we obviously, we, that, that question is is typically the hard one. So we'll, we'll get the, the hard one out of the way early and then, <laughs> and then cruise on. And I, I share, I share only because I feel like it's happened to a lot of people. And I think when you are able to make a connection with somebody that has gone through something like that, it can make a difference for folks. So for anybody that might be struggling with that, know that know that you're not alone in, in those types of things. So thanks for allowing me to share that as well, Danny. Of course, we really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Well, if you are okay with it, would love to roll into the first of those five questions. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Question number one. What is the best investment an early career salesperson can do for themselves and why? Ooh, there's a lot of a lot of things you could do for yourself. And, and I might start this question by answering it with a little bit about my background and how I got into sales, if that's okay. I, I actually started out in financial services and operations in my career. And I learned so much throughout my time there. I had to sell ideas every single day. We constantly were trying to get project funding to help build new technology. 
to make people's jobs and lives easier. So one of the lessons in that that I think has really helped me be a better salesperson and a better leader is that you've really got to kind of meet people where they are and get to know what they do on a day-to-day basis. It's very easy when you're young in your career to go in and be like, why do you do things like this? This seems broken. (laughs) We should do this better and easier. And the answer is probably that there is a way to do that. But when when you're learning about different areas of a of a company, people who've been doing that job for a long time could be a wealth of knowledge. So I always say, try to listen more than you speak when you're getting into your career early. The second part of that is when you're when you're in sales specifically, a lot of times I think young leaders are so excited about the product they're selling. So whether it's a piece of software like I do in my industry today, or it's another maybe consulting service. You want to talk about all the features. We call that feature puking, things that, that your product can do. If you take the time to listen, your customer or your prospect or your business partner is more, more likely going to tell you what their business problems are. And you can find a way to help them solve those problems. And when you, when you do, you're going to build credibility that then will be supplemented by those features that your great product has as well. So so I would say listening is is really key to success and in almost any career, but especially sales as you're as you're getting into learning and learning about your buyer and those types of things. That's great, great advice. And the reason I say it's so great is because oftentimes when you are early in your career as a salesperson, you have this image in your head of what a salesperson should be. Oftentimes that's dictated by what you see or what you've experienced in your life, whether it's an interaction with someone who has tried to really get into the selling part of the sales process, like a car salesman or like a person you get cold call from out of the blue and you just have this image or the the friend in high school that became a, a smooth talking salesperson, whatever it is, the interactions, the only the negative ones stand out and you have this image of what you should be doing or how you should be selling. And realistically, the numerous interactions that you don't remember are the great ones that where folks are are actually doing listening. And a lot of jobs have an element of sales in, in it. And when you're early in your career, yeah, the best ones, the ones you should emulate are those folks who really pay attention to what the prospect or what the buyer is saying and, and talk less, 50% less than they think they should. You're right, Danny. I think I'll, I'll use the example. I think I get an ask on LinkedIn every day and all of it is to tell me about what they have and not to ask me any kind of question about what I need. And so the ones that have stood out from a LinkedIn perspective, just to give props to you and your team, are those that, that are really kind of looking for a partnership and how you can work together versus just kind of trying to push a product on me. So so thanks, thanks for that. And, and kudos to your team on on how you're reaching out and get great people to come and talk to y'all each day. Yeah, yeah, really appreciate that. The shout out, we we are very careful and intentional on LinkedIn. It is it's so noisy. It's great, right? The, the platform is great, but it is so noisy these days. And the purpose of it, the purpose of the messenger is really to, to message, not to sell. Like there's a use case there and it's not like pitch me your entire life story or pitch me the story of your product. It's really just like make a connection and chat a little bit. You got it. That's why we're here today. So worked out great. (laughs) Yep, for sure. For sure. Well, cool. Moving on to question number two, how has your view of sales changed over your career? And why do you think that's happened? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I would say, I think 
because of the journey I've had in my career and kind of multiple roles and seeing different parts of the business, it's evolved quite a bit, even from what kind of to build upon what you just said, you always have this impression that that sales is there and a schmooze and kind of tell you about what they do and get people in and then move on to the next transaction or the next relationship. And and really what I've learned a lot about sales is that it is all about kind of that longstanding relationship coupled with how can I help you solve a problem, make more money, be successful in your role, coach you up, position you to be in a place that that you will have greater success. And so I really enjoy that because throughout my career, my favorite roles have been being a leader and a mentor and a coach. And I've learned that if you are a, a good and strong salesperson, that that's really kind of what you're doing throughout, the, whether that's with your customer, your prospect, your buyer, and also with your internal team. So many sales representatives have to be a quarterback and really understand kind of end-to-end their own company to be able to make a sell happen. So whether that's working internally with your operations teams, your finance teams, your development teams, your implementing teams, depending on what kind of product you have, you really have to be somebody who can flex and work across a ton of teams. And and learning that in when I got into sales was really exciting to me because that was always the part of my jobs that that I like the best is be playing that kind of coach and mentor role. So excited to excited to know that and and pass that along to those of you that are kind of looking at exploring sales as an option. It's not just about the PL and the quota and the dinners every night. It's also about learning how to be a leader and how to navigate complex organizations, solve problems and really help people in their careers. Yeah, I love that. That's that's profound. Uh, although the dinners can be very fun. They are that fun. Is, they, are, <laughs> they are very fun. That is not the primary reason to get into sales. And I think you you really did nail it, right? That helping others, showing other businesses how to succeed and, and really like kind of being honest, right? When you're in a sales process, if you don't have the value that you need to drive to a customer, if they're not a fit, it's okay to just build a relationship and keep that relationship either nurturing or warm. And maybe it comes back in the future. Maybe they're helpful in the future as well. They still have, even as somebody who's very much in the industry, I still have a negative taste for, for folks who pursued me to exhaustion when I clearly gave the reason why I wasn't able to sign at this specific time. And the, the network salespeople, whether you're selling in tech or in financial services, it's, it's super close. Like everybody knows everybody at some at some point. So you never know when those relationships come back and, and how they can be helpful in the future. And I think that what you said was was a really good guiding lesson. Just be there to help, be there to mentor, be there to guide. Cool. So question number three, what is one mistake you made early in your career that shaped the way you operate today? Oh, gosh. I'm sure there are plenty of <laughs> mistakes I could come up with. I'm going to I'm going to probably highlight a little uh, one that's a little bit more personal that that I think is something to remember. So, I I spoke about my dad at the beginning. Dad fought lymphoma for 7 years. He was a champion, but when he was first diagnosed, I did not know how to handle it. And it really took over from a emotional perspective that really led to just a lot of a lot of trouble at, at being able to show up to work, getting enough sleep, being able to partner with people across. And really one of the things I wish I would have done is taken some time away at that point. And I had a boss that offered it. 
I said no because I wanted the distraction. But in reality, it kind of being too unavailable to others and other people probably was a lot tougher on everybody else than it was for me to just maybe step away and take a little bit of time away. So it, it hasn't had long-term impacts. I, I've, I've been able to grow and have a great career, but I would say it's a good thing to hear young in your career because I think we all get caught up that we have to be everything and do everything and we forget to take care of ourselves sometimes. And I found myself kind of drifting into a place of not being that approachable, nice, wanting to work with people person and and wanting to kind of shut off from others. And that was a hard time for me from a personal perspective and professionally, you know, I had to kind of rebuild my reputation from that time. So I would say if you're ever having through, um, a moment and going through a lot, if a boss offers you to take some time away, take them up on it, that means they care about you and they've got a space for you when you, when you come back, because we will all go through something at some point. And it's a, a good reminder to take care of yourself. Yeah, this is a this is a really important one, and I really, really do appreciate you sharing and being open with it and and honest with it here because it will be helpful to our audience. And it's important that folks learn this at an early time. Like burnout is is real and can come in different shapes and sizes. And I think what I've seen in my time in sales is there are tons of highs, tons of lows. It's a journey and you certainly need to prioritize yourself first. And if you're feeling a certain way, and I think the general work environment being kind of remote or hybrid today lends itself to actually being able to understand what is really important to you and where to take time. And I'm I'm happy the general sentiment has moved away from this like hustle, grind, make sure you're working yourself to death or you're not doing enough to, no, like, you're a human, prioritize yourself first, and then you can be exceptional at your job. You're going to be great if you want to be great. So, you know, with that in mind, just do the things necessary so that you can be great. And I think you you opened up a really good thread here on just making sure that you have, yeah, enough enough space for yourself because the work is really hard and sales is really hard and it, it doesn't end. You, you start fresh every month or every quarter. <laughs> it'll it'll be there when you get back, right? I mean, that's the thing that I always remember and I told, told folks as they are at that kind of breaking point. I'm like, hey, even if it's just a day, like go take a breath, hang out with your, your spouse or do whatever, sit on the couch and watch a hundred episodes of Grey's Anatomy. I don't care, but like take, <laughs> take the time you need, right? So. Yep, yep. <laughs> Whatever that is for you, do it. Well, cool. Moving on to question number four, who has had the greatest impact on your career and expand if you could? Yeah. So I, I think of two people come to mind and they're people that I am still very dear friends with today that I just am so fortunate to have them as part of my life. One was was a boss of mine for about eight years and he was just and still is even this week I got some really great direct feedback from him but with somebody that always did not shy away from telling you things that you needed to hear and so and I thought that was super special too because being a woman in a pretty male-dominated industry whether that's whether we're talking about sales as a rule financial services software whatever the case may be I, I am typically in the in the 10 to 20 percent of, of people that might be in the room or in the role and so Having a male counterpart who's not afraid to kind of speak up for you on your behalf, but also give you feedback that might make you take a step back and look at things while also recognizing 
his own privilege in the in the way that he delivers that has really made a big impact on my life. And so I just I, I thank him I, a lot for that. We still get a chance to work together on a day to day basis. And so it's a it's a privilege, even though we're not at the same company together. So I would say my advice, I guess, to everybody, find a mentor that isn't afraid to tell you things that when you need to pr- improve, but also especially for for women seek out those 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 male relationships who really realize the differences that we both have and how we need to show up that can really be a very impactful thing the other person is a woman of course you have to have a strong kind of person who looks and and sounds a little bit like you too to kind of model behavior after after her but she's just somebody that one i admire her because now that we've moved on from working together she's really figured out a way to create a role for herself that is within the the construct of a financial institution, a place where it has a stability that you kind of recognize and understand. But she's doing it with environmental sustainability and what she really cares about in saving the world. So I just think that's a really incredible testament that if you can can find a place to make a space for yourself in a particular role, doing something that's really impactful and important to you on a personal level is just that great combination. She's also somebody that would put different minds and people together, bring you in and ask for your opinion for very high level executive conversations and just make you part of the team. And I just think those two two personalities and types of mentors are, are really great people that can have a big impact on your life. They're also people who encourage you to do something different when you're getting stagnant and bored and and are there and have your back if you fall down a little bit as well. So those are the kinds of people that I love having around me that have made a huge difference. It's really cool. Sure, they'll love hearing that as well. It sounds like you've been surrounding yourself with great folks. And yeah, I think I think that's just it's you mentioned the the people, but I think the advice is true too. Find a mentor, find a coach, find somebody who really challenges you and pushes you to get better. And doesn't let you just sit around and holds you accountable to some extent. Not that you're obviously in, in your career path, you've, you've clearly been able to hold yourself accountable for, for so many things and moved up really, really well. And you wouldn't get there if you weren't accountable to yourself. But it is nice to have that other set of eyes. And, and, and look, like I think the best, per, best performers, highest performing people at any organization love and crave feedback as well. Those are the ones that constantly seek to improve and get better. Even if it's tough to hear, uh, right. and it's better you may not it like comes... it at first, yeah. but you yeah. <laughs> but it, it sinks in, and especially in the way that they give it to you is important too. I mean, there's, totally. there's always always how that that kind of plays out, and the people that that put you in jobs that you don't even think you could do. So that that's that's the the thing that I'm most appreciative of, and that that really has a lasting impact too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well. Our last question is coming up. It's the one we've asked all of our guests, all three seasons of the Ramp podcast. If you could go back in time, now that you have the benefit of hindsight, what advice would you give yourself as you were entering into your career? It's hard because I feel like I just started my career and then I look up and it's been 19 years and I can't even believe that. I'm like, oh my my career is in college now. Um, so it's, it's, so, it's so mature. I would say definitely kind of along that first theme, listen, be hungry, be eager, be excited, be yourself, but also make sure you're listening to people as you're being put into new roles and new experiences. Say yes to the roles that seem like they're a little bit out of your element or your range. So like I said, I... I for my first 15 years, I was in technology, software deployment, development, process reengineering, operational kind of roles. 
And I decided to take a sales role when I joined Encino, where I am now. And that was a new, completely new role for me. Now I had the skill set for learning how to sell internally and doing those things, but I took a leap to try something else. And it has been incredible. Four years later, um, I'm now the director of our emerging markets team, getting to build a new, completely growth business outside of the U.S. So it includes crazy things like getting on a plane to Dubai last minute, but hey, it's an exciting journey Sweet. and one that I took because I said yes, right? And so I, and I would do that and I say that, especially to women, because I feel like we all, we collectively, me and myself included, feel like we need to have learned up 80 to 90% of what the role is going to entail or have that experience before we're confident enough to make the jump into the next one. And in reality, you have a lot more than you even realize that you can bring to the table by being yourself and those experiences that, that you have already accumulated. So those would be the two big things I would tell myself, say yes and, and listen more. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really good advice. There's a lot in there, and I think you nailed it just across the board. I say yes to the thing you're a little bit uncomfortable with. We've all had those roles that have come to our our plates, and we're like, oh no, should I not do it? Am I am I the right fit for this? That kind of imposter syndrome sets in, and and legit every time I've said yes to a role like that, I've I've benefited tremendously. Good, bad, or ugly, right? Even if yep. even in the ones that flop, I still benefited because I learned. And then yeah, just. Being able to listen and understand folks and 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 hear the guidance that others are giving to you, especially early in your career, is important. I don't know how you were in the early part of your career, but I definitely I had this like hard charging attitude early in my career and was like off to the races and needed to just like get there the fastest and a little bit a little bit more listening from time to time would have benefited yeah. me as well Mo mowed over a few people in the process that maybe i could have done that a little bit differently right yeah <laughs> <laughs> and on, on another episode we'll have to hear about that trip to dubai leslie yeah. but, but for this one this has been really really great where can folks find you yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, just under Leslie Stanley. My last name is spelled really uniquely. You'll see see that S-T-A-N-D-L-E-E, -E, but you'll be able to find me pretty easily out there. So please connect with me. Would love to to hear what you're going through in your early career. If you're looking to graduate and have questions about what to expect, always happy to help and provide an ear. So thanks for that. Amazing. Well, Leslie, we really, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for everything that you've dropped on us, all the knowledge, all the wisdom, the guidance, and we hope to see you back here again on the Ramp Podcast. But for now, thank you so much. Thanks, Danny. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Ramped Podcast. To access our show notes, the Ramped platform, or to become a corporate partner, visit www.rampedcareers.com or email us at sales at rampedcareers.com. This podcast is brought to you by Ramped. Ramped is on a mission to democratize job access through learning and career discovery. Until next time.